Welcome back to the Passive Road to Retirement Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Jarrett. Today, we're joined by Roger King. Roger is a seasoned real estate investor with over 27 years experience, specializing in strategic cash flowing properties. As the founder of a boutique firm, his insights have yielded over $10 million in profits to his investors during the last decade alone. Currently overseeing a diverse portfolio, valued at over $50 million and still growing, Roger's current focus centers on residential and commercial properties located in 13 states around the U.S. Currently, a strong emphasis on mobile home park communities scattered in eight of those states. Roger, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Andrew. Yeah, great to have you here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. So I guess we'll dive in. I read on your website, you started off pursuing a music career initially, <laughs> and then yeah. transitioned into real estate. So maybe you can give us a background on that. Sure. You know, it's funny. I'm I'm old enough that when I was learning how to play the drums back in the late 70s and early 80s, Don't Stop Believing was actually the first song I learned. Nice. And surprisingly, in 1980, my dad started investing in real estate, too. And I was always going to be a, a you know famous musician and, and tour the world. And I always watched him uh, grow his real estate portfolio and change how he, you know, impacted the family's lifestyle. Uh, you know, one point we had, there's four of us and we had five cars for some reason. And I'm just like, well, I guess it doesn't make sense, but awesome. Right. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Hey, who's got the truck today? I've got, yeah. the truck. okay. <laughs> so, you know, just the changes in economic, uh, abilities, mm -hmm. um, you know, really stuck within my brain of, you know, how does all of this thing work? And as you grow up and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to be famous. And and then I went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston right. and I realized, uh, you know, I wasn't as good as many of the other guys that were already there and playing a lot of sessions. And, you know, I've got some friends that are you know, touring at the upper echelon of, of the world, you know, famous music, uh, artists and, and I'm, you know, wasn't my path. So, um, over the course of those, you know, six years at Berkeley, uh, in Boston, I realized that I'm going to have to figure out some other ways and got into Carlton sheets program, oh, yeah. I remember that. you know, back in the early nineties. And then when I got out of school, I said, look, I'm, I'm unable to make enough money as a musician right now. So let's start a real estate investment company. My brother-in-law who had just gotten out of the first Gulf war, um, he and he and his newborn baby and my sister moved to Orlando. I moved to Orlando and we opened up shop with my dad. Wow. And awesome. it, it took me about six months driving for dollars to find my first, uh, property that I could actually wholesale. And, um, it, it was, it was a, a wild ride, but I'm still, uh, a, a drummer. I'm still a musician, even though I'm not really playing gigs right now. I've just moved down to Puerto Rico when I don't have that network built up <laughs> just, just yet, but I, it'll happen pretty soon. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You got a beautiful background there, by the way. Love it. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm 40 <laughs> feet from the water Yeah, and uh, it's, it's amazing. I'm very blessed. Very blessed. <laughs> That's awesome. So your dad, was he, um, did he have a real estate firm, like a sales firm or what? 
How'd you partner now, with him? How'd you he was work? just, so he just started off as an investor and sure. he did the same sort of thing. And, and I think his first investment in 1980, after a few months, he wholesaled a contract and made 17 or $18,000 in 1980, which was a, a big right. chunk. Yeah. And he's like, what is this? And so he never, he never opened up a brokerage or went down that path, but he started buying houses mm -hmm. and then he would uh, own or finance them on, uh, you know, land contracts way back then, mm -hmm. which were popular. And, uh, and he just, you know, he kept growing it and growing it. And, and I'm always kind of watching from afar uh, mm -hmm. how he started. And um, I was really impressed still to this day of what he'd accomplished. Um, and then they changed some tax laws and, you know, in the, <laughs> yeah. in the late eighties, 87, uh, they changed a capital gain tax where he'd already had all of these. I think he had a portfolio of 40 houses, you know, mm -hmm. starting from nothing. And then over five or six years built this pretty big portfolio, yeah. sold these land contracts and the capital gain law changed where he was now forced to realize the capital gain, even though he never realized any of the capital, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So he had to pay those taxes, which, you know, bankrupted him along with millions of other people, yeah. which then of course, two years later, they repealed the tax reform act and, uh -huh. you know, you start yeah. over again. Wow. And uh, yeah. <laughs> the cycles of yeah. entrepreneurship, right? <laughs> oh, I tell you, you know, the government, I love, I love aspects of the government, you right. know, but, but certain people are just so stupid. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't think about things uh, the way normal people do. Mm -hmm. so. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So, so you started on there, you did a wholesale, uh, I guess. Yeah. Now I know you've done over 180 flips, I believe total. Yeah. Yeah. How did you progress from wholesaling, you know, up through flipping and, and what you're doing now? Sure. You know, I, the first wholesale deal was back in 1996 and it was me driving for dollars. And I finally, you know, found a house, went to the probate office on my dad's recommendation, found the lawyer in North Carolina. I'd started in Orlando. Um, the, the lawyer for the probate uh, was up in North Carolina, I contacted them, and they said, make an offer. So I offered them, you know, five grand and they're like, oh, you know, come on, Mr. King. <laughs> and I asked them, what's the lowest you would take? And they said, we can't do anything for less than 10,000. And so I, I whited out on the contract and the, the 5,000 put 10,500 mm -hmm. and initialed it and then faxed it back to them. <laughs> and within 20 minutes, they signed it and sent it back. And I had my first property under contract. And a few days later, I made a flyer, went to the uh, Central Florida Real Estate Investors Association, oh, yeah. CFRI. Yep. You probably have gone. Yep, yep. It's still and there. It's huge. Yeah, yeah it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was at that point when I was there, it was probably 200 people, uh, yeah. 1996. And I think it was July that I won deal of the month for flipping the contract in a few days <laughs> to uh -huh. a builder and made my first $25,000. Yeah. And it's like, this can be done. How right. can we do this much more and, and grow the business? And, you know, we fixed and flipped some houses. And as it happens, maybe some of your listeners have, have experienced this. If you're in, in business with family, sometimes you butt heads. <laughs> right. You want to do it one way. They want to do it another way. And, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. so I started pursuing more of my musical endeavors at that point for a, a couple of years. 
um, and still was always thinking, okay, how else can I do the real estate thing? Um, because I'm not, I'm not living the life that I want to live. Sure. So how can I figure out how to put all of this together without necessarily bringing on all these partners that, that I, you know, don't jibe with the way they do things. Mm -hmm. Um, and it took me a little while. So I moved to California in 2003, Southern California. And after a while, you know, I'd gotten with a company that was doing these large hotel, uh, condo hotel renovations in, mm. in Palm Springs, California, uh, in uh, Phoenix and in Portugal. Oh, and wow. so in 2006, um, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on. I moved to Palm Springs in 2008 in September. And then literally three months later, the crash, we right. lose everything, yep. you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the entire company goes defunct. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I just, you know, I, I sat there licking my wounds for a few months, right. not knowing what to do as many people didn't in 2009 and 10, mm -hmm. but I said, okay, I know, I know what to do. I put the bandit signs up you know, we buy houses cash and, and it took a little while, it took another six months. Somebody called me and he said, uh, Hey, tell me what you do. So I went into it and he hung up and I said, okay, that's, you know, normal, the normal process. Yeah. Literally six months later, I get a phone call from this lady, Marge. She <laughs> says, Hey, I saw your number on my husband's desk. He just passed away oh. and I need you to buy my house. And this is November, November 13th of 2010. I mean, 8.30 in the morning. I, I remember, right? Yeah. And, and, and it was one of those moments where I felt the, I guess I had the presence of mind to understand that this is where something magical was about to change in my world. Mm -hmm. And so I, I went over to her house and met with her and her daughter, um, found, found out the house, put the property under contract, hustled, hustled, hustled. And in 30 days, I had flipped another contract nice. and made $188,000. On the one deal. On one deal. Nice. And so Christmas, right? Yeah. <laughs> I closed, I closed the deal for, for a lovely Christmas in 2010 oh, yeah. and thought to myself, this is my moment to parlay this into a new business where I get to call the shots. Hey everyone, hope you're enjoying this episode. Are you ready to maximize your real estate investing to its full potential? Send me an email at andrew at jarrettcapital.com and take your life and business to all new levels. That's andrew at j-a-r-r-e-t-t capital.com. Right. And it was one of those it was it was really groundbreaking and so i i decided how do i want to conduct my business and i don't want to necessarily um buy a lot of properties at this moment mm -hmm. uh, but i do want to start loaning money i like the idea of earning you know at the time uh 13 or 14% plus 4 points up front right. and and then just the the idea of how can i build that into a business mm -hmm. and i did that for a number of years mm -hmm. learning some hard lessons along the way i had my first six figure loss mm -hmm. uh a couple of years into it because i dealt with a professional borrower and then i started partnering with people i started structuring things a lot differently than loaning money in a first position mortgage i decided i'm going to buy the property 
in a trust. And so I then control the trust. You know, mm-hmm. you're in Florida. Florida has a, a land mm-hmm. trust statute. Oh, yeah. The people in California, I, you know, I've got a friend and she was like, oh, the trusts don't work here in California. And I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and at that point, I'm like, I've, I've got a lot of revenue being generated. I've got I've got some momentum. And uh, I just I've really started partnering with people and we started building projects we started, you know, doing a lot of renovations and just really cycling that, bringing in a lot of investor capital, paying them every month, you know, building these other things, pulling out some of my own equity and just building this new sort of monster uh, product that I've got, you know, where where there's a few different things. There's, you know, and, and now it's grown into like we own, we've just purchased our 15th mobile home park. So right now we own 14 because nice. we, we sold our first one. Okay. Um, I own um, a majority interest in a uh, property up in Zion National Park. It's hmm. a glamping project. Um, oh. I own a portion of a, a resort on the chain of lakes in Minnesota. You know, okay. there's 12 units here and some land over there and, you know, <laughs> a commercial building there. And and yeah. so it's a really great portfolio. Um, and I I just, I went to a Tony Robbins event a few few years ago now and was inspired to finally share all of this with everybody. So that's mm-hmm. why we're here today. That's awesome. Yeah, his events yeah. can be uh, life-changing for sure. Oh yeah. You know, My very... first Tony Robbins event was in 1992 when I was in Boston and it was, you know, I was in college and it was difficult to buy the hundred dollar ticket, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you've ever gone to any of his events, they are life changing events. And, Absolutely. um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now with your mobile so, homes, uh, I guess yeah. what, what do you look for with those now? Uh, yeah. Um, a lot <laughs> of what we're looking for is, you know, obviously cash, uh, maybe not on day one because we mm-hmm. may have a lot of, um, uh, people we need to kick out that, that happens certainly in mm-hmm. this asset class, sure. uh, some, some deadbeat, uh, uh, tenants, mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of sp- uh, you know, what we've done historically is bought properties that have a lot of empty spaces so that we can fill those spaces with either new units or units that we, that are new to us that we have to renovate. Sure. Um, you know, and it's a real, it's kind of a balancing act of, are we um, looking for a lot of tenant owned home parks or a lot of park owned homes parks? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, so we're, we're, we're really, you know, balancing, do we sell the park owned homes to the tenants, mm-hmm. you know, generate that cash and then right. use that to buy another unit? Mm-hmm. Um, do we, you know, rent out a por- a smaller portion uh, just to help, you know, our monthly cash flow, you know, and just really ascertaining what's most important in this park, you know, are some, some parks aren't really uh, conducive to selling the unit. Some mm-hmm. are really conducive, you know, and those tend to be a little bit nicer parks. Sure. So, yeah. you know, 80,000 people MSA is a major criteria, you know, yeah. minimum, mm-hmm. um, you know, after buying some of these smaller parks, we're not necessarily interested in parks that are, you know, less than 30 spaces anymore. Sure. Uh, we, we have some still, um, that are, I think 
15, you know, and it's just so <laughs> time just consuming, right? Is, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I'm sure at some point we're going to, you know, sell those 1031 exchange it into something that's, that's better. Um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. little, little more cost effective. Yeah. <laughs> managerial wise. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. But, but, uh, you know, our first park we bought was in uh, about 90 minutes outside of Oklahoma city and it was just too far okay. away. Um, we also learned on that park, uh, it had a sewer lagoon and that wasn't uh, a fun situation when the lagoon started to overflow because the most oh, rain man. in 20 years occurred. <laughs> so we're getting a, you know, a septic truck to, to pump it. You know, $60,000 later. Fun little lessons, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, the things you you learn a couple of years into a project. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now I want to ask you, I saw on your website as well, you have the the 1090 rule and the TEM framework strategies. Yes. You could kind of elaborate on those a little for us. Sure. Absolutely. Well, let's start with the, the, the TEM framework. You know, what that stands for is time experience and money. And, you know, some of us have, you know, both time, both, you know, the experience and the money, Mm -hmm. or a lot of times newer people or younger investors have one or two of those, but they're missing a piece. And so, you know, one of the things that I really look for is how much time do I have when I'm looking at a new property? You know, we get couple of emails a day of new properties coming in just saying, Hey, is this is for sale? I'm like, okay, no, you know, we're, we're able to cherry pick. Right. Um, so do I have enough time to put this into the portfolio? You know, the diligence process, the lending process. I mean, it's just, it's months and months and months with no income, Mm -hmm. but you're investing all this time. Right. You know, our experience, mostly, you know, for mobile home parks, after buying this many, we're, we're pretty clear on what we need to do, what we need to look out for, you know, how to structure these these things. You know, sure. do we do a full syndication or do we do a, you know, a, a different type of structure to bring in a, a smaller amount of money for investors, mm-hmm. um, you know, or do we have the capital from, you know, like this first one, we just did a, a 1031 exchange into okay. the one we just bought a couple of days before Thanksgiving. Okay. So we have to really understand what the time, the experience and the money situations are. Okay. And what I, you know, teach a lot of people is you have to, if you have a lot of time, but no experience and no money, you know, there's a way for you still to invest Mm-hmm. You know, and there's still a way for you to learn and to get the experience. And right. that's from getting a mentor, getting a partner or some variation on that, those two, mm-hmm. you know, and finding capital for a deal is not necessarily easy, but there's a lot of capital out there. Right. You just have to know how to package it, how to present it and make sure that you can live up to when you borrow money from you know, an 80 year old retired friend that, you know, says, Hey, I've got 300,000 in my IRA. Mm-hmm. That you honor that agreement and make sure that you get him or her the capital back. Yeah. So the, the temp framework really, you know, is sort of a series of questions about how much time am I going to need mm-hmm. to bring this specific asset? And do I have that time? Can I, can I cut something else out? Cause we only have finite time. Sure. Could I leverage somebody else's time? You know, mm-hmm. do I have an assistant? Do I have a CPA? Those people to help set some of these systems up. 
do I have the experience? Do I need to get the experience? Do I need to pay for the experience? Uh, you know, with an attorney to draft the the forty thousand dollar syndication because yeah. we draft. You know, we're doing a thirty million dollar capital raise, mm -hmm. or do I already have an LLC operating agreement that we've used in the past and I can just, uh, you know, so those are the different types of experiences. Yeah, and then the money is: do I have to go to hard money? Do I have to go to private investors? Do I have the capital? Do I want to invest my capital? And just mm -hmm. really, you know, determining each of those things for every single investment you're about to make. Yeah. And all of that okay. information, that TEM framework, really falls into what I've defined as the 1030, excuse me, the 1090 rule. And the 1090 rule to me, after having so many properties that were not paying on time mm -hmm. and I'm still paying my investors, okay, so how do I adjust this in my my brain and then you know steer my focus so that I'm not always upside down in cash which you know a lot of investors are cash uh, house rich and cash poor right so right they own they own all these houses but they can't pay mm -hmm. their you know car payment right how can you adjust your focus and 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 really strategically build your portfolio so you have enough cash flow every month but mm -hmm. also you're doing one or two or three you know, larger uh, profitable deals, fix and flips or development deals sure. so that you're not upside down with all that cash that you're having to pay on that, mm -hmm. you know, with, with all of your income every month. Yeah. Yeah. How do you structure that? So that's really the 1090 rule. My, you know, the way I, the way I really describe it is my experience is different than your experience. Mm -hmm. You know, you being the general public. Right. Right. And I have a different uh, risk tolerance than you, mm -hmm. right? right? And so I can say I can bring on X number of dollars of negative cash flow while I'm developing this piece of land. Mm -hmm. And somebody else can't do that because they don't have any other income sources. Right. So you want to find uh, an income source type property or investment before you start going negative every month. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So guiding people through the process of figuring out what their own specific 1090 rule is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't like know. That. If, I don't know if that was clear or not. <laughs> no, it was. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that, especially the, the TEM. That's so probably most people start with the T right and work their way up towards the M would be my guess. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what I did. You know, yeah, I didn't okay. have the experience and I certainly didn't have the money, but I had a lot of time. Yep. So I would drive around driving for dollars and I would mm -hmm. write addresses down and, and, or put up bandit signs and do whatever I could because yeah. I, I had more time than I had experience or money. Oh yeah. Yeah. I used to put out bandit signs once a week. So right. You know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when would you do it? What, what was your schedule? Usually I do it like 11, 1130 at night. <laughs> right. On a Friday night. <laughs> right. After, yeah. 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 After, after up on yeah. The, on the telephone poles, you know? Yeah. Totally. Yep. Now, how did you do? Like with, with bandit signs, were you, we got some, we got see... some amount of calls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only thing is, you know, now it's, you have to watch out for, you know, code enforcement in certain areas, but yeah. you know, otherwise, yeah, it worked out really well. I was always <laughs> very apologetic. I, yeah. you know, even, yeah. <laughs> even if it was me putting them up and mm -hmm. the code enforcement would people, you know, people would call, they'd say, look, you can't have this sign here. 
Right. And I'm like, oh my God, they put it up there. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> no, that's such a drag. I will come right down and get it. And usually at that point, they say, no, no, you don't got to come down here. We took yeah. it up. Don't put yeah. any more there. I'm like, I, I told the guys not to put it up there. I'm really super mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I got Pretty three calls go. on it over the weekend. So, right. So it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> worth it. Yeah. So you've seen a lot of market, you know, fluctuations in your career. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, nobody has a crystal ball, of course, but based on, you know, what you've seen, I guess, what are you most excited about right now? And is there anything that has you a little worried? Oh, boy. Um, let's start with worried first. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I don't actually ever use the word worried. I have um, potential concerns. Yeah. Right. One of my biggest potential concerns would be, you know, if, I mean, to go into a political thing, the, you know, the Ukraine war um, uh, funding from our side gets shut down and Russia overtakes Ukraine. Yeah. That's a global catastrophe mm-hmm. waiting to happen. Right. And when those types of dominoes begin to fall, you know, that leads our entire world and specifically our country into uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And we've already got some sort of pent up uncertainty. And if we add uh, more uncertainty to that, that's, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Is Russia going to attack Poland? You know, because that's the NATO. I mean, mm-hmm. those are the types of things that are most concerning to me. Right. And, you know, so I don't know what what our politicians are thinking. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they don't read history and they're not seeing <laughs> Okay, just go watch the Tom Hanks movie, you know, um, Charlie Wilson's War from the early 80s, you know, war in Afghanistan Mm -hmm. and understand that Russia right now, um, the Russian government, Vladimir Putin, is attempting to do the same sort of thing that they did with Afghanistan 40 years ago. Sure. And we're in a situation where if our politicians don't solve this and keep funding and help Ukraine win the war, it's going to it's gonna have massively negative impact on our country here at home. Oh, yeah. And that's going to impact my investment and your investments and everybody's listening investment. Yeah. It's going to impact our businesses. It's, you know, if we thought the pandemic had problems with uh, supply chains, it's hmm. going to impact that stuff. Right. Right. Yep. So the Fed's not going to lower rates because of the uncertainty. So mm-hmm. rates will stay the same. Property values will continue to drop. You know, it's right. a, it's just a chain of, you know, uh, 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 a chain reaction effect of everything that's going on. So mm-hmm. the thing that, that frustrates me the most is the stupidity of the politicians right now, not approving more funding. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not to say that there aren't legitimate things that need to also take place. You mm-hmm. know, does the border need to be secured? Sure. Get that solved too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What am I what am I most excited about? You know, I think that I think that the 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 rise in interest rates presents uh an interesting scenario coming up here. Mm-hmm. And all of this talk right now about lowering interest rates, you know, I've I've read somewhere six times over the course of the next, you know, 12 months. Right. Like, come on, man, are you gonna get really get it back down to five percent? I mean, that would be phenomenal, mm-hmm. but there's a correlation to, you know, property values rising as interest rates lower. Right. So, okay. So, you know, then everybody's got more equity. 
-hmm. Now the affordability aspect of it drops, oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> but drop, yeah. you know, that's capitalism. Mm -hmm. Does it, does it, is it make it right in some ways? Yes. In other ways, definitely not. So it's, uh, you know, selfishly, I'm excited for those, those rates to drop if they drop. Right. Yep. Yep, it's good for property owners. That's for sure. Yeah, it's good for property <laughs> owners, and and hopefully more than anything, you know, I would hope that the lend. So we've we've refinanced probably four or five properties and bought two properties over the the course of the last year, mm -hmm. and you know the lenders right now. And if you're a lender listening in on this, just understand the frustration from borrowers. Right. What one one borrower, me and my my couple of partners, you know. When you guys give us a, a rate and a term sheet and you change it three weeks before close of escrow, right. and you say, no, 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 we want another hundred or two hundred thousand dollars of your repair cost in escrow, hmm. you know, that really uh makes you guys look scumbaggy. Yeah. And yeah. and throws off I mean, numbers it, and returns and everything. Yeah. It's yeah. And so <laughs> so like the the lender on one of our mobile home parks, they just said. We need you to keep a. We need you to deposit a hundred thousand dollars of your um, repair costs, your capital expenditures, so that we can draw that back to you once the work is done. Which essentially means you're going to hold on to our hundred thousand, not pay us any interest on it. Right. I've got to come up with another hundred thousand dollars mm -hmm. to actually get the work done, so that you can then reimburse me that other hundred thousand. Yeah. And and you don't tell me this until two or three weeks before the close of escrow. Right. Do your job, people. Yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. That is extremely frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like it just it's it 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 gives bankers a bad name. So if anybody wants to find out, uh, if any lenders out there are listening to this, I would say go call 10 of your previous clients and say, what's the worst thing that we've done? And how can we solve it? And you're going to mm -hmm. get an earful, number one, but you're also going to find out your way through the next two years of working with investors. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. That's if anybody here is a lender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got, uh, got one more question for you before we get into our oh. drive. Yes, absolutely. But first, how do people reach out and contact you, find out more about you? Sure. Uh, my website, of course, is rogerking.com mm -hmm. and they can get a, they can join my email list. Uh, they can, you know, get my newsletter. They can read some of my blogs. They can go to, you know, my social, uh, they can see my Insta, my TikTok, all that stuff is, is on there. Um, if they want to shoot me an email, uh, they can, they can catch me through there. Roger at rogerking.com. Pretty simple. Yeah. Pretty simple. <laughs> uh, and it's R-O-G-E-R. R-O-G-E-R-K-I-N-G. Um, uh, and right now, you know, in the last uh, few weeks, I've launched a new course and membership group, which is called the Real Estate Investing Evo uh, <laughs> Real Estate Investing Accelerator, but it's the Founders Group. I've just started this. So I'm building a core group of people that I can, you know, that have always wanted to invest in real estate, but have never been able to for you know, any reason at all, this mm -hmm. is how they can start. And I've got a step-by-step -step guide on how you can get your first real estate investment and we'll help you figure out a plan of attack on what it is you want to focus on. Is it fixing and flipping? Is it wholesaling? You know, whatever it is, you can do this and I'm going to help guide you down this path. 
Um, and this founders group is, you know, going to last uh, for the first 50 people. And then for a few months, we're going to tweak it all and get it right and answer everybody's questions. Then we're going to launch it to the rest of the world. Awesome. And so if you want to get in now, you know, over the Christmas holidays and really catch up and start your education, you can find this through rogerking.com as well. Awesome. It's a great way to launch into the new year, right? Yes, it is. Start <laughs> off and accomplish your goals. And I'm really excited. You know, this was the Tony Robbins thing four years ago. It's taken me four years to get this thing launched. Yeah. And so uh, this is level one. And then level two will probably open up in June or July of next year. Mm -hmm. And that'll be for people that have already bought, you know, a few properties, but want to scale that business. Sure. And we go into great detail on LLC structures and the 1090 rule and trusts and mm -hmm. putting together your team and, and the whole big enchilada. And right. so that's going to, you know, that's a, a few months down the road still. I mm -hmm. uh, just want to get the founders group uh, really dialed in and, and, and help some of these people that have been reaching out to me and already joined, you know, are on their path right now to, you know, buying their first real estate investment. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm super blessed with that. And I'm super excited to help mm -hmm. anybody who wants to help, uh, wants the help can join right now. That's great. We'll put the link in the uh, show notes as well. So they can just. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Uh, so last question is if you yeah. had one takeaway for our audience to absorb from this episode, what would that be? Oh gosh, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> right? literally whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mentioned my age, you know, don't stop believing was the first song I learned in 1981. I think is when I learned it mm -hmm. on an eight track in my garage in Inglewood, Florida. Yeah. And, you know, you fast forward X number of years, 40 years. Uh, and I am, you know, living maybe a different dream, but I'm still living what, you know, one of my dreams is being on the beach. Mm -hmm. I've wanted to be on the beach forever and it's taken me some time and it's, but, but I've understood that I can do it. And if I can do it, everybody can do it. Yeah. And what they need is somebody to help them out. Yeah. And it's me or it's Alex Harmozy or it's Grant Cardone or whomever mm -hmm. it is. You know, it's you, Andrew. I mean, what you're doing is a tremendous service, oh, you know, you. helping people, getting getting new information out to people every day. The mm -hmm. information is there, right. but it takes more than just gathering information. As you know, mm -hmm. you got to get out at 11 o'clock and put up bandit signs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you want to make it happen. You yep. got to go do the work. Yep. So how do you do that? And what are the right steps? So any, anybody oh. can do this. Yep. I agree. Great message. Thanks. So now, <laughs> now our five to thrive. So this yes. is a word association game. I'm just okay. going to off five words. Just give me the first word or phrase that comes to mind. Okay. The only thing is you cannot repeat the same answer. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. All right. First one, personal development. Tony Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> Market fluctuations. Opportunity. Cash flow. The foundation. Mm -hmm. Financial freedom. Puerto Rico. <laughs> and a Roger King. Blessed. I like it. Yeah. Well, Roger, it's been a pleasure having uh, you on the show. I appreciate you taking <laughs> the time to come on. 
<laughs> Andrew, it's it's been my pleasure. Thanks for letting me rant and 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 hopefully interact. And I I hope I've been helpful for your listeners. <laughs>